All right. Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Haw. I'm excited for today's podcast because I have a fellow author as a guest. Dama Reese Gibson is the author of the children's book, Pete's Neat Feet, a personal story about her son's clubfoot journey. I've read her book and think it is not only great rhyming, which is like a thing for me with children's books, they need to rhyme well, or else I get a little um, picky about it. I, I really like good rhyming, and her book has great rhyming. But I also think that it's really informative about the clubfoot journey for both parents and clubfoot kiddos alike. And I've read a lot of clubfoot children's books, and I think that's what stands out the most about your book. And as a mom of a clubfoot toddler, we are always looking for good books to read to her about her clubfoot experience. And Dama Reese's book really hits the mark. I'll let her go into details about how and why she created the book. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. So hi, Dama Reese. Welcome to the podcast. And thank you for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy that we actually found the time to be able to do it. Exactly, yeah. Being two busy moms, it sometimes is difficult trying to figure out the schedules. So I'm always happy when it works out. Right. It's it's nice to have the little break to speak with an adult. So yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to do it. I'm excited. So why don't we start with the question that I kind of start all with all my fellow Clubfoot parents is just tell me about your personal Clubfoot journey with your child. Okay. So my son um, is the fifth of five boys, which uh, to begin with was a surprise, a huge surprise pregnancy. Okay. And I was considered, um, what's the really special word they use? Um, Advanced maternal age. Right. High, like, Um, Yes. Geriatric pregnancy oh, yeah, or something right. ridiculous yes, geriatric. like that. Anything over 35, geriatric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, so I was over 35, so that was really cute that they um, called it a geriatric pregnancy. And um, because of that, I was automatically referred to a fetal maternal specialist. Okay. And so... Because of that, when when I was 10 weeks pregnant, um, they sent us to have the genetic testing. Mm-hmm. And they told us at 10 weeks that we were having another boy, which, like I said, was our fifth boy. And oh, boy. I, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, was, I was super happy. First of all, I love my boys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, let's do this again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that. And then at about 19, 20 weeks, something like that, you know, they have you go in for your anatomy scan. Um, and so since I had already had a normal uh, genetic test result, mm-hmm. I was just to go in and see the baby, you know, healthy and everything as, as was always our case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were already at the specialist because of my geriatric pregnancy. Okay. Um, so the technician did the, the sonogram and then she said, the doctor will be with you shortly to kind of go over the results. I didn't think anything of it because, you know, I expected the doctor to come in and, and talk with me. Um, so as the doctor did the sonogram, she kind of lingered a little longer um, than I was used to and turned to me and said that my baby had club feet. And um, I honestly, I was just kind of confused. I didn't really process right away what that meant. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, I just really didn't understand. I mean, I think I had heard of the term, you know, in other types of references, but I never, you know, it's just so far back in your mind that anything at all would ever be um, unusual about your brain. So anyway, so um, I had a lot of questions (laughs) 
and she was on a schedule, so she referred us you know, uh, to an orthopedic specialist who we got in contact with pretty quickly okay. and were able to, yeah. So, um, you know, after that appointment, I went home. I feel like I was kind of in a daze for mm-hmm. days, just kind of like, what is, what does this mean? I'm emotional to begin with because I'm pregnant. And it was just kind of, um, it was an emotional journey, honestly, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I've had a very similar experience, so I can really relate to what you're saying. Is the same in our ultrasound. I'd had two previous yeah. very normal ultrasounds done with my older girls. And I remember just being very... Um, Like, I just didn't even know what to think. And that days that you talk about, that's like legit. Like that was a legit feeling is I just, for me, I felt like, will I ever think about anything other than clubfoot for the rest of my life? Like I just thought about it every minute of every day following the diagnosis for weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to escape something that big. Because mm-hmm. like it's just something you don't. It's it's a big deal, and you don't ever think that you're gonna experience something big. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, something unusual, out of the ordinary in your pregnancies of all, all things. Um, right. But so, did you go? Did you have a consultation before your son was born with your doctor? Yes, we met with um, our doctor and we had um, the consultation. Oh, it was probably, I was probably six months along at that point that we were able to meet with an orthopedic specialist at the children's hospital. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was fantastic with us. He was very thorough understanding he really took his time with us and just explained you know what it meant what to expect Mm. and um, which was very good because like I said I had so many questions and um, he explained the process which at the time it was just like I felt like it was coming at me so fast which was hard to kind of swallow because it was such an emotional time anyway Right. Um, yeah. And then you're trying to process all this information on top of your emotional reaction to having, knowing that your child's going to be born with a birth defect and it's going to be a pretty extensive treatment to correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Well, and then on top of that, and I, and I'm sure this was probably the, the case with you as well. You have other children at home Yeah. that they need you. Right. Of- present emotionally and present, um, just kind of be with it, you know? And so, right. Was a yeah. Yeah. But we loved our, we, we still do. We love our orthopedist and that's he's great. been fantastic with us. That's really, I feel like that's so important to find a doctor that you trust and that also explains things. Yeah. So as I was saying, I think that's just really important to find a doctor that you not only trust, but that explains things to you uh, in a way that makes sense and is truthful and honest, but also not scary. Right. It's a difficult balance to find somebody that does all of those, like hits that mark. Right. And I feel like he, our doctor was not only informative and clear mm-hmm. sensitive you know yeah. to to um just to the time that um that it was for us he was sensitive you know like kind of recognizing a, a tricky season emotionally and so he was just really um 
you know, thorough and took his time answering our questions. My husband and I were able to go together. And so he was really thorough and, and just really kind with us. And we um, were just so thankful that we were able to, and he was the first person that we went to. So I know a lot of people um, have had to have multiple doctors for whatever reason. And so I'm just really thankful that we got the doctor that we did. That's great. Yeah. How many, so is your son bilateral or unilateral? Both feet? Yes, he's bilateral. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And how many casts did he have? He had to boots and bark. So six casts. We started casting at 10 days after okay. birth. Okay. And so every week we'd go and get a new cast. Mm -hmm. And um, so we did that for six weeks. And after that, he had his tenotomy. Okay. And then he was in those casts for three weeks. All right. Yeah. And so that was, I'm sorry. Where is he now? Like what are you guys in 12 hour wear, nighttime wear? What, what's happening for him currently? So we are in nighttime wear right now. Okay. Uh, he, he just had a, a, a checkup. Uh, uh, two, uh, two days ago and um, he's doing fantastic and he moved up another size boots we just got those today and so I mean it's just incredible how to look at the journey back how how um, involved and how difficult it was mm. um, just to be on your game just constant go 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 appointments casting um, to now where he's okay with it and I'm a lot more at peace about it. He's doing great. And it's all, I feel like it's all about just really nurturing those first few weeks. Mm. Um, and, um, but he's doing great right now. I'm just, I'm really thankful for that. That's so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It's so nice when you get good news. Yes, absolutely. And no bumps in the road, thankfully. I know, unfortunately, a lot of people have um, complications or just yeah. even like blistering or sores and bruises and swelling. And we just, we were so blessed to not have any of that. Um, he, he, you know, my son, I don't know if it's growing up with four older brothers, but he's pretty resilient. <laughs> Yeah, and so it it didn't seem to um, bother him a whole lot. I mean, there were times of fussiness, as I'm sure is the case with most people. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been overall a smooth journey for us. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What do you think has been the biggest struggle on the clean, on your clubfoot treatment journey so far? Um. I would have to say maybe two things. Um, kind of like I said, just the very, very first mm. initial diagnosis okay. for me was just a really hard season. Mm -hmm. Just um, I was already, you know, my plate was already full and I'm not saying it's all about me or anything, but I was, you know, I'm the pregnant one and I'm the right. mom and I have. I have, you know, these other boys that also need my attention. And so just the first couple of weeks after the diagnosis and just the brain fog and the worry and the questioning and the research, which, you know, <laughs> never Google what they tell you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I would say the first few weeks was difficult. Um, and then just kind of the stress of weekly appointments. Um, for us, the drive was about about almost an hour to get to our doctor. And so, you know, just kind of the logistics of childcare for the other four. Um, thankfully, this was just before COVID. Oh. And so thankfully, um, just kind of the the stress of germs wasn't as big. And so um, 
but just the logistics of finding care for them, which my family and friends were phenomenal supporters during that time. Um, yeah, so those those were kind of the biggest struggles. Uh, the week of his surgery was, um, it was, you know, it was kind of nerve wracking emotionally because my baby, you know, and he was going to be in surgery. So, yeah. Did he fully go under anesthetic for his tenotomy? Yes, he went yeah. fully. Under. It was um, now I've heard where there are cases where that isn't done there. It's just kind of local, but he was put under completely, which is just kind of nerve wracking for any parent, especially right. with such a little baby. A little. Yeah, yeah ours was um, our cutie didn't go under she just had local oh really? we actually okay. just had like a numbing cream and no really? actual local yeah which was um in hindsight I wish we would have pushed for a different option for that not have her fully under but at least have like a injection or something you know I mean so I think it's stressful kind of either way but the idea of putting such a little baby under is Nervous, yeah, you know. Well, yeah, absolutely. You never yeah. know how they're really going to respond because they haven't had that before. They're so little. That's so right. Great. I know. So, what do you think has been the most helpful to you on the journey? So, it can be anything from like a resource that you've loved to a specific product that you found helpful, or just a person that you thought was like super supportive. If there was just like a thing that you thought was really helpful on your journey so far? Right. Um, I don't, I wouldn't really call it a thing, but <laughs> my, my, um, my family was fantastic. They were super supportive and understanding. They were with me. Um, they were praying mm -hmm. for me, for my baby, yeah. for all of us. And um, so really our faith is, I would say, my family and my faith were okay. my biggest, um, my biggest supports during our, you know, during that season. Um, and just knowing that, you know, God wasn't surprised by this diagnosis, even though for us, it was, you know, a huge shock, but he, right. he wasn't blindsided by it. And I found that to be just a huge comfort, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. he was coming. He was preparing us for it. So we were able to um, just really lean on, on his goodness, knowing that he wasn't shocked by it like we were. Um, so my parents, my in-laws, they were all very prayerful over the whole situation. Um, and I'm, I'm really thankful that we have, you know, our faith to lean on, especially during those hard times. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, I think it provides that kind of comprehensive support maybe um, for you and then your family as well. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what made you want to write Pete's Neat Feet? Like what gave you the idea? How would, how did this whole thing come about? Right. Well, Pete's Neat Feet kind of came to me. I feel like at three in the morning, you know, I was probably nursing and um, my mind was fresh because I didn't have the noise and clutter of my other kids <laughs> running around me. Right, right. And so... Um, this is after, obviously, after the baby was born and he was in treatment and everything. And the story just, I feel like it just came to me. Um, you know, it had been such an emotional journey. And for me, it was really about processing not only the feelings, but the actual steps. Like, I'm kind of a list person. And so it kind of helped me to kind of picture okay first you're going to have casts every week you're going to have casts mm -hmm. and then you're going to have surgery and then you're going to have more casts and then you're going to have boots and so for me kind of 
what motivated me to write it was to help um, other families that were going to newly kind of navigate this road, Mm. um, maybe to have a way to explain to their kids, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what it's going to look like. Um, And so it was just kind of uh, a way for me to process Mm. and at the same time inform and offer just a little bit of hope, you know, in, in the kind of emotional journey that it is. And I realize it's it's written kind of in a sing-songy type way. Thank you for saying that it rhymes. I was really worried about that. <laughs> but um, so it's kind of written in that fashion. Mm-hmm. But I've really had those families in mind. That was my heart. Mm-hmm. My heart to it was just explain really gently yeah. kind of what this road is going to look like validate the feelings that you are going to feel mm-hmm. um and and just kind of explain it's going to be better it's going to be a, it's going to be a road you know it's going to be a challenge it's going to be something new and different mm-hmm. but it's going to be okay yeah and i i really want for families to know that mm-hmm. and i want brothers and sisters to know that you know it was something that i wrote um and really kind of pushed to have it published because I know I'm not the only one, you know, I'm not the only mom that's going home after a sonogram. Mm-hmm. There other children at home that are going to ask, what's the matter with brother's feet, you know, with sister's right. feet. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a resource uh, for families, not just for kids, but for families to kind of right. explain and give a little bit of hope at the same time. Yeah. That really resonated for me, the whole aspect of it, like I said in the beginning with your book in particular, um, is that it really is, it's written in rhyme, so it's kid-friendly, but it's also very informative, right? So it's not um, just a kid's book, like you're saying. It's really a family resource book for that you can read to your siblings, to your, to the older kids, and also to other family members. And it explains the process in a really informative, but non-scary way. And it's really overwhelming. Like you talked about with Clubfoot, that Mm -hmm. early on diagnosis and just trying to process all of what's going to happen and not feel really scary. And over right. because it feels really scary at first, um, right. but it's also okay to feel that. And right. I think there's a lot of similarities between just what you're what you said and the way the reason that I wrote my book too was because it was like I just wanted families to feel validated. I wanted the emotional experience to be brought to the forefront too for parents, not just the logistical aspect of clubfoot treatment. And I just wanted it to be a support. I wanted parents to be seen. I wanted them to read my book and to feel like, oh, like I'm not the only one. I get it. Like I, there is somebody that understands what I'm going through and I feel like your book does a really great job of that in a very family-friendly way. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you for those words. I mean, that was really just a huge goal. Mm-hmm. Like you said, validate those early feelings. Um, and, you know, the book is it's specific to Club Fee, obviously. Yeah. But in it, I kind of touch on just really any unexpected diagnosis um, because the, it happens, you know, just seasons where we get news that we didn't expect and it's okay to feel confused or, you know, sad, angry, just in a fog. Um, but there's hope and, and I, want, I want families to know that. So thank you for your encouragement. No, I think I really appreciate everybody taking that, you know, other moms too and clubfoot parents. I think we all have our stories and when we can kind of step outside and kind of go, oh, like we're going to, and share those stories. I just always appreciate when people 
have the ability to do that. And it really resonates with me a lot. Good. Thank you so much. So can you tell me a little bit about your writing process? Like, so you come up with this idea at 3 a.m. while you're nursing. And then, so what do you do from there? Like, what's your next step? Like, do you write it all down? And then you talk to, like, how do you get from an idea to the actual book? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> you can so, summarize. You don't have to go through the whole thing. But just like, I think people are interested to be like, you have lots of ideas, but like, how do you get from idea to actual product, right? Like having something tangible. Right, right. That's, that's a great question. I mean, I know that for me, um, so I had a story, I grabbed my phone and put it in one of those little notepad apps (laughs) and just, I just kind of revisited and I just kind of kept tweaking and kept tweaking. Um, and then I did some research on different types of publishing. Um, it turns out that publishing is like this whole universe where there's different types of publishing. There's self-publishing, there's hybrid publishing, there's traditional publishing. And uh, I had no idea. <laughs> it's a whole new world. Right. And so I just... Um, I had to learn a little bit about each kind and just decide what would be a good fit for me and my family. And um, after doing that, I reached out to a kind of a hybrid publishing company. They're called Christian Faith Publishing. Mm-hmm. So what a hybrid publishing company does is they you submit your work mm-hmm. and if it is approved for publication, um, they they'll edit it for you. They may or may not provide illustrations. I had provided my own, but they are willing you know, to work with you and provide illustrations. And then they help you out on the marketing aspect. Mm-hmm. But as far as your your writing, um, your own writing, they they really give you a whole lot of creative liberty to to tweak it or not as you want. So mm-hmm. your work really remains like your voice really remains Mm. they don't they don't take out you know pages or paragraphs Mm -hmm. um, make suggestions about how to tweak things Mm -hmm. here but I was really thankful that um aside from you know a couple grammatical um errors and things like that Mm um my changed a whole lot Mm -hmm. Um, anyway and so they just really helped me to take it from from manuscript to to actual you know book that I can hold in my hands and right now we're just kind of in the marketing and getting it out there phase that's I I can totally relate about the whole publishing thing because I never I don't know if you're like this but I never imagined myself being a writer like I didn't grow up and think like I'm gonna write a book one day it was yeah kind of organically happened and then I kind of wrote the book and I don't know if I ever really had any intention of it doing anything like I wrote it because partially it was cathartic to me it helped me process and it helped me you know move through all of the feelings that I had Um, and then the publishing thing was a whole different deal yeah, yeah, I, I would agree on that with you. Um, a lot of it was just kind of a need to process, and this yeah. is how I process. I don't know what it says about me that I feel like I need to process like Dr. Seuss, but <laughs> that's the world I live in. <laughs> I think being, you know, a mother of five boys, that makes total sense. You know, processing it in a way that your whole family can process together, you know, right. not you, but everybody. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I would, I would, I would say too, that if, especially if you, if you're a person that, that has experienced something, whether it's been a challenge, a victory, if you've gone through a season in your life and you have something to share, mm-hmm. you know, whether that be in writing a video, whatever, you know, find the resources to, um, to share it. And so if you have a story to tell, tell it. Yeah. You know, and, and story. So here we are. <laughs> I think storytelling is so powerful. But sure. 
and it's so connective for people. It connects so many people when you're willing to share your story. And it, for me, it was really, there was a lot of, I'm a typically pretty private person. So it steps outside of my comfort zone to not only have the book, but honestly record the podcast and talk about myself a lot. And, um, but like sharing of yourself can be very, putting yourself in a very vulnerable situation for people to read and to judge and to um, comment on. But right. so far for me, it's been very connective. It's connected yeah. to a lot of other parents and right. even organizations that see the value in it and see the value in the parental experience. And so I agree with you hundred percent that if you, you know, if you need to process, like share, sharing your story can be really powerful right. vulnerability. Right. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. You know, I think there's such a value in being real with other people. You know, there's so much superficiality in our world. And when we can be raw with somebody and get down in the, in the real aspects of life, mm-hmm. there's real connection in that. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that there is, that's a, one of the great things about creating that community around, around, like you said, a season of your life, that's difficult. There's a lot of growth and beauty in those seasons. Like while you're in it, Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be so difficult, (laughs) but there's just so much growth and truth in that experience. And then the shared experience just creates this bond with other people that frankly, I never had before and didn't experience so right yeah absolutely I agree um I think that unless you know unless the seed is stripped yeah then there can be growth and so isn't that the way life is you know until we're kind of faced with a season that is difficult unexpected challenging painful mm-hmm. um that growth happens you know and I talked a little bit about that in the book, just this is when we have a chance to grow and learn. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, is when we face these difficulties. Yeah, and what a great, what a great thing to be able to role model to your children too, and to share with your children, is to see them, is to have them see you grow through difficult moments and know that as they grow and inevitably will face difficult moments, right. see how you responded as a parent and as right. a role model. And I think well, that's what's exciting about your book is that ability to create that kind of family connection too. Right. Yeah. I hope that they can, you know, draw back and look back and say, this was a difficult season for mom mm-hmm. and she she allowed the, the moment to kind of um, grieve, if you will. And, but she also got up and got going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's something that, you know, it's kind of a legacy I want to leave for my boys is yeah. y- you will suffer. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's going to hurt, but you're going to grow from it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that, that my kids and, you know, so many other kids and families can take away the same thing. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about your illustrations, because I think this part is very uh, unique compared to other children's books. Yay. So I loved how the illustrations turned out. And it's kind of funny because... (laughs) So I like to I like to play around with art and paint and all that kind of thing, but I did not feel confident in my own skill to illustrate my own book. And I had such a specific look that I was going for. Mm-hmm. So illustrations were made for okay. my book. They were they were a little more cartoony than I was um, visualizing. Okay. So. I ended up using photographs from uh, just different points in our journey, you know, when when my son was born, 
throughout the casting process. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I did was I took those photos and (laughs) I went on like a little free app. Mm -hmm. The background and I would kind of add, you know, little things here and there and just kind of tweak the look of it and give it a really kind of a gentle look. And, um, and that is what we did. And I have no experience in graphic arts, no, no schooling or anything like that. But somebody told me, uh, you did what graphic designers do for mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars on this little free app. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I did. huh? <laughs> so it worked out. But it's really, I'm really thankful. I really um I'm glad that I stuck with, I was a little bit uh, persistent in the look that I wanted, you know, with the publishing company, they had provided some illustrations mm-hmm. and uh, they were so kind to, to offer me the ability to just give them my own that I had made. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's what I did. I took, I took photographs and, and don't tell anyone, but they're not all of the one child with a club foot. Oh. <laughs> They are actually, um, they are the ones, obviously, where he does have the cast and the club feet. They are him. But some of them are of his brothers when they were around that age. Because I didn't want them to to say, oh, well, he has his own book. Yeah. So I wanted to include them in there. But that's a little fun fact. But, um, yeah, don't tell anyone. That's really... um, (laughs) I feel like that's really special. And I also think it just really talks about, speaks to your creativity to be able to think outside the box and to create something. And I also think it's for other people to go like, because I'm not artistically enabled at all. Like, and so I've had, I actually created a children's book, which is another fun fact for my daughter. And I wrote it just for her and it's called Twinkle Toes. And- I use, but I just made it into a picture book of like pictures from her first year. I made it for her first birthday. And, but I was like, I don't even know how you would get this illustrated. Like, how do you even go about that? So I think your journey makes it a little bit more relatable to people to go, even if you are not a typical, like, I'm going to draw and illustrate that doesn't, that shouldn't stop you from moving forward with your story in trying to find a different path because there is a lot of creative ways that you can meet the vision that you have in your head. Absolutely. And I would say 100%, if you have a vision in your head, mm-hmm. uh, stick with it. Okay. You know, don't, don't waver from that because there's a reason for your vision. Right. And uh, I feel like that really goes, really it's for any aspect of life, but for this book that I really had just a passion to Mm. get it out there. And I had, it's just got to be this way. Mm -hmm. And so using, using my own photographs was um, kind of part of that persistence in getting that vision in my hands and, and out to the families that need it. I also just think that having real photos of clubfoot kids is really powerful. I remember as a parent before she was born thinking like, oh, I felt really sensitive about seeing regular feet, you know, and then saying like, oh, this is a clubfoot website. But then it was like, these are obviously like not clubfoot kids feet. So I think being able to share real photos is really powerful. And I could understand right. why that was part of your vision. And it sounds like we actually have very similar experiences with our publishing because with oh. my publisher, the same, it was really like they came in and edited, but I really, it really was my vision from the start. They didn't have huge improvements or changes. And that can be really scary as like a person who's created a product right. when you think, but this is how I want it to be. Like I have a lot of pictures in my book of my daughter and of her feet. And they're like real life pictures that I took on my, on my cell phone, you know, like they're not professional photos, but I wanted to encapsulate 
the reality. I wanted it to be relatable to parents and to go, okay, this isn't just like, you know, a fluff sort of book where it's not a cartoon. This is real life. And this is our real, what it really looks like. I think for us, our, you know, the cover has a baby with real feet. Right. And I was a little wary at first because so, so that's the thing is that that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I've approached it knowing there might be people that have a really hard time looking at the cover. Yeah. Um, because it's not something we're used to. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that that is what it is. That is what Clubfoot right. is. And it looks like. Um, but I hope that with the book, you know, it kind of takes takes them on a gen gives them a gentle approach to what is a difficult season a challenging season and so you know again when you when you have a vision stick with it and And I think representation really matters like Mm -hmm. representing so having a book that's about clubfoot for clubfoot parents and families representing what that actually looks like is Mm -hmm. important right right not fluffing around and and um kind of colorizing it what it's not you know right that was in one thing and I feel the very same about um our cover too I really struggled with having whether or not I should put my daughter on the cover of the book um but I really wanted it to be a clubfoot child on the front of the book, like a real child that has clubfoot, um, wearing her boots and bar, you know, I just felt like it was really important to represent that in this community in particular. I just really felt passionate about it. And I was grateful that the publisher felt the same way. Good. Yeah. It's so good to just be honest and be real about what the process looks like and what the journey entails. Right. And have other parents be able to feel like they can relate to it, which I think is so important. Right. Yeah, I agree. So what are your like hopes and dreams, like your big goals for the book? What are your. Well, I, um, well, first of all, I just wanted, wanted to get it to the families that are kind of, you know, they're on the way home from that ultrasound. Okay. They're in the, in the phase of what does this even mean? Mm-hmm. I want to sit um, not only because it's kind of a gentle step-by-step, this is what's going to happen. But like I said, just kind of offer a little bit of hope. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's really the immediate goal for the book. Mm-hmm. But when I put on my dreaming cap, mm-hmm. I would love to see the book um, translated maybe to other languages um, and spread around the world, you know, through organizations that work with clubfoot families and children. Um, for the same reason, you know, whether it's whether it's a child in Africa or South America, um, it's the same story in that the the treatment involves the same things, right? And we are all human, you know. Mm-hmm. We all feel, you know, when you see your baby come out that way, it's a little shocking, and mm-hmm. so um, the emotions are all there, no matter what language you speak. And so I just want, um, I want families to know that um, there is hope, there is comfort, and um, at first it'll be quite challenging, and mm-hmm. then it's going to be yeah. And so my dream for the book would be for organizations to get a hold of it and give it as a resource to families that are newly facing the road as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's so right about the global experience. Right. It's a connection point between us all and the human experience and the parental experience of 
clubfoot. Right. Yeah. And there's different, I mean, there's different ways to treat it um, from the research. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. But, um, but overall, <clears throat> I'm sorry. But overall, um, I think that there's a the commonality of you know the casting and the stretching and the, you know some form of small surgery and and boots and bars so I think it's relatable all around the world yeah you know no no matter what treatment yeah you know, right there's a lot of commonalities I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right well, so my final question is usually the same that I ask for all my club foot parents too. So I seem to like start with the same question and end with the same question. Um, <laughs> but is there one special moment that you've had on your club foot journey that stands out? Like it can be a song that hits home. Like I've talked about how Blackbird by the Beatles was such a really important song for me, for her, and it really connected, or a moment with your other children that felt like really special. If there's just one, standout sort of special moment that you think gosh there's I mean there's a few moments that really stand out Mm -hmm. Um, oh man I can I share two is that okay I'll be brief of course (laughs) yeah (laughs) so the first one would be um just in order of of how it happened Mm -hmm. the first one was my oldest son, who at the time was probably eight years old, mm-hmm. um, he an article in a local magazine about a pony that was born with some form of, of defect in his, in its legs. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, at the time I was pregnant with my child with club feet. And so aut- automatically just kind of bells like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and so we went to the article and we talked about it. And this little pony was, had to have casts. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going to be put down, unfortunately. Mm. Um, the caretakers of the pony put him in casts and tended to, you know, his needs. And the pony uh, recovered and he's doing great and walking and everything just as normal. Wow. But coming, coming from where we were at, at that season, mm-hmm that was a real connective point between my son and I, we were able to talk about the pony and relate it to, you know, in my, you know, in my time, your, your brother's going to be born with something similar. He's also going to need cast and special treatment, um, but he's going to get to walk and trot one day, you know, and so that was one special moment. Um, but then obviously, Probably the most um, memorable moment is when when he took his first steps. Mm-hmm. He was free of the cast and, yeah. and at the moment didn't have the boots on. Mm-hmm. And I just get so emotional because, you know, that was a moment that we had been waiting for. And had, had he stayed um, the way that he was, we wouldn't have had that moment. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so I would say those were the two probably most memorable moments in our journey. Wow. I love both of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. The experience you have of when I found out when I had experience with Clubfoot, how much more I saw things like that in the world. I remember I was reading a book about elephants in Africa and an elephant was born with basically club feet and they had to do cat like a very similar experience with um and I remember just thinking I would have had no concept of what that looks like if I hadn't had a personal experience with it so I think that shared experience with your son is just so incredible and what a great way for you to utilize and explain to him what was going to happen with his brother. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that um, experiencing something like this just kind of gives you a, a compassionate spot yeah. for others who might be facing, um, 
an unexpected journey, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and gosh, we need, we need compassion, you know, for others. We don't know what other people are going through. And so um, it's really good to, to be raw, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, yeah. and have connected moments with others. You said it. I agree. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell people before we go where they can purchase your book and then any contact information if they want to get in contact you directly for any sort of reason? Okay. So the book is available um, on Amazon. It's available uh, Barnes and Noble, Target, uh, basically wherever books are sold. Um, and so if you want to contact me, contact me. Um, you can reach me at petesneatfeet at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the podcast and sharing your story with us. I like, thank you. So much. I like thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Well, thank you. I, it's just I felt so much connection between the two of us and I, I don't know. It was really nice. I really loved it. So thank you for being here and just being your authentic self and sharing your story and your writing process. And I just value your experience so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I'm, I'm just hoping to speak life to people and share and be real. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's just such a humbling experience to have gone through this and just now be able to share with others um, how much we've grown, what we've learned and the hope that we have, um, not just because of the treatment, but, you know, in our faith in God and how he can um, be with us and guide us and grow us through these seasons. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I so appreciated it. Thank you. So as always, thanks for listening. And if you like this episode, please share with your friends and family. And if you need to get in contact with me directly, you can do so at my website at marinehoff.com or on my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. And see you next time.